What's up guys, welcome back to Outlooking In. Today I am joined by a young professional race car driver, Luke Berkeley, who races for Lamborghini and has made a name for himself in the racing industry. Stick around and listen to the entire episode, but all the guest links will be the first in the description below. And as always, make sure to hit that down button if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Alright, enjoy. So welcome to the Outlooking In podcast, man. How's it going? Good, how about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Before we jump into anything, do you want to quickly explain to listeners what you actually do? Yeah, sure. So um, I drive a Lamborghini Super Trofeo. I'm a Lamborghini factory young driver. Uh, I compete in the One Make Super Trofeo series, so we're all in the same car, and it just comes down to uh, skill and who knows the car and seat time. And uh, basically, if you know the car well, you're in a good spot to win. It's freaking crazy, dude. That's insane. It's mental. Like race car drivers, bro, your mentality and everything, it's absolutely insane. And I have to say, I'm a huge motorsports fan. Like I, I love F1, but I think F1's opened me up to like different motorsports as yourself. Um, so like, I think it's so cool that you do that type of stuff. How old are you? Um, I'm actually 17. Uh, I started driving with Lambo right as I turned 16 uh, with my team out in Dream Racing, just doing testing and making sure that we were ready for the season that... Uh, happened uh, like six months after I first started testing. So I had a lot of time in the car when I first turned 16 and prepared myself well for this season, this past season. And now obviously what's coming up uh, the 2022 season. So you're telling me you were 16 years old driving that Lamborghini around the track. Yeah. Yeah. So I was 16 (laughs) and I started with Lambo. And uh, before that I was uh, doing some karting, uh, autocross and uh, formula cars, F4. That's at those ages. That's insane. I didn't know you were that young. Wow, that's that's really crazy. And where are you from? I'm actually from uh, Davie, Florida. So. Uh, oh wow, sweet. Yeah, pretty close to Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Wow, that's really nice. So growing up as a kid, you said you started off with carts, right? Yeah, I started off with carts, but before I was doing karting, I was doing autocrossing in a personal car that I had. Okay. Messing around, and then uh, I decided when I was board of autocross and uh i was pretty fast uh, i was like let's bring this up a notch so i started karting after that right and did you get recognized by necessarily lamborghini to sign you or how did that come up so i was driving uh carts for a while formula cars for a while and um uh, my ultimate goal at the time uh not knowing so much about the sport was to do the road to nd series and wind up in indy car but it just for me was not possible with funding and sponsors and for me i wanted to take a route where i knew i would always be safe uh, so driving with a manufacturer was on my goal i switched goals to instead of indy to gt cars and i was a huge lambo fan and lambo happens to offer the best support for young drivers with some sort of talent uh, so it was a unique opportunity because i'm close with my lamborghini dealer Lamborghini does a once a year event called the Pilota. Um, and basically it's like a private race weekend. It's four or five cars max. And you basically learn the car. It's out of dream racing in Las Vegas, who I now race with. So I didn't necessarily get recognized to do the Pilota program. But uh, once I did the Pilota program, I was then recognized. And I actually signed with the same team that I did Pilota with because my team owner, Enrico Brutaggio, who actually drove Formula One is... He's probably one of the uh, best team owners out there. So uh, I can't thank him enough for this opportunity. For sure. That's insane. Wow. 
Um, has family has sorry has racing always been in your family? Um, so my uncle was a Trans Am uh, champion in 2014, I believe. Oh my! Uh, or, um, so yeah, so my my uncle did it, but it's not a huge thing. But I figured I used to watch my uncle when I was little race at Homestead, so I always had that little drive to carry on the Berkeley name in racing. Of course, so that's what I did. Were you inspired by him, or was there also other people that you're inspired by? Um, I think I was mainly just inspired by him. Yeah, I mean, watching like a family member, it was my dad's brother, uh, watching him him race. And like, I, I just remember him driving from the pit stall into the pit lane onto the track and him releasing the pit limiter. And it was on a Corvette and I just heard the engine like <laughs> scream. And I was like, yeah, I would love to just click that button one day and just release all the power. So I think yeah. that's mainly who inspired me. But there's a lot of young talent in uh, Formula One now. For example, I always watched F1 and and, and karts mm-hmm. and the FIA karting championship. So, guys like Lando Norris, George Russell, uh, guys like that. Uh, also, I mean, obviously, I'm nowhere near their level, but I can respect what they did, and uh, they have a lot of talent. So, I just try to be like them and build off my talent. Mm, I see. I see. Is there? Do you have a favorite F1 driver? Um, yeah, probably Lando Norris. He reminds me a lot of myself. He's like sarcastic uh, when he's not racing, but when he's in the paddock, it seems that he's pretty serious. So similar to me when I'm, when I'm racing, it's all serious, all business, but I like to mess around and have a good time with my friends when I'm not. So yeah, probably Lando. That's sweet. Yeah. Lando's awesome. He's, he's going to be great. I can't wait to see him in the next couple of years with McLaren. That's going to be, it's going to be killer. Yep. I think I'll be a top, uh, top driver. Yeah. What do you think about next year? For F1. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I know that the rules have changed, regulations. I think Mm -hmm. the cars will be more even. Obviously, the teams with the higher budget will always have a little bit of a better advantage because they just have so much money funding uh, the development of the car. But I think at the end of the day, there's only so much they can do now. Obviously, they have budget limitations like they did this year. But obviously, we saw Red Bull and Mercedes stood out. But, you know... um, I'm excited. I hope that uh, Max or Lando or George wins. I really want like the younger kids to win. Of course, I, I'm, always, of course. I'm always for that. Mm-hmm. No, totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Charles Leclerc fan, so I'm I'm definitely I'm rooting for. I'm not a Ferrari fan, but I, I'm I'm just a big Charles Leclerc fan, so I'm rooting for him. But other than that, it's I, this year I've really been become open to other motorsports, as in uh, different whatever you want to call it, like GT, obviously. Um, whatever you know i've just i've started watching it more because i just love racing you know it's it's so much fun to watch but back to your class what are the certain things that you love about it you know about racing in your lambo like what is what's the drive in it what do you love about it i mean i've always uh been a huge lamborghini fan i'll be honest and uh Mm. just something about that v10 it's just so loud and obnoxious and it sounds amazing and you know most race cars you have issues here and there but with the lambos all season uh we were fighting for the AM title, and um, we didn't have an issue uh, once. The engine was always good. The car was always good. My team uh, did a really good job just making sure that the car was ready uh, weekend in and weekend out, and the car was amazing. And I think the huge drive for me was Lam- with Lambo was I had I had Lambo street cars, and I never had an issue, and uh, I can't say that about other brands. So I knew that going in with a reliable engine because I drive my street cars pretty hard. The race car would be just as good. And, um, you know, it's the same engine from the street car and the Super Trofeo. Uh, so to me, it was just 
amazing experience and nothing like it. And, you know, we were able to grab the AM title and win the 2021 championship uh, with no issues all year, which is just insane to me because you see all the time there's issues with race cars. But literally, the car was just amazing all year, not one issue. That's great. That's that's actually crazy. Wow. Yeah, because usually... I mean, I don't know a lot, like as much as you would, but that's that's crazy that it, no issues at all. Wow! Well, a huge shout out to your team, then. That's uh, that's great to hear. Yeah, my team's amazing. I mean, every yeah. time after a race, the whole car came apart, made sure everything was good. Uh, other series, I mean, you're replacing engines each race. Uh, so yeah, we never touched the engine; it was perfect, and that's it. Wow, that's crazy. So, like, this is a little bit off topic, but like after a race. I'm really interested in this. So do you guys like debrief and stuff like that? Or like before a race, do you guys talk about strategies and stuff like that? Like, how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for me, the strategy uh, this year is a little different. I was driving by myself because Super Trofeo's 50-minute race. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we talked about strategy, but, you know, there's no driver changes when we were just driving by myself. So it's more uh, we waited for the competitor, whoever we were racing against or whoever was mainly behind us most of the season, See when they pit, make the call, maybe pit before them or after them. We always talked about that, uh, but it was more on the go for that just because, like I said, no driver change. And uh, we were just, you know, mainly leading the way uh, most of the season. So right. it was really up to us. Uh, we, we really called the shots and then people behind us would um, then follow. But yeah, and then after the race, so there's two races in a Super Trofeo weekend. Uh, so there's race one and race two. Uh, after race one, we debrief, talk about what we can do differently for race two, maybe strategy wise or car wise, fuel saving, which is not really an issue in Super Trofeo because the races are so short. But brakes, mm. managing tires really comes into play in these type of races because they are so short. So you want to make sure the last 10 to 15 minutes you have probably one of the best cars underneath you, even better than the start of the race, if possible. So that's uh, that's what we focus on, really just keeping the car um, ready to go for the end of the race. But, um, you know, after race two, there's not much to talk about. Obviously, the, the weekend's over. There's nothing we can improve on. And you just hope that you did well throughout the weekend to, uh, you know, get good points in the championship and win some races. That's sweet. That's awesome. Wow. And what would be like, the, so your track car compared to your street car, like, what are the differences? Because you said it's almost like the same car, but, like, what are some of the big differences? Uh, you know, on the STO, Lamborghini developed the brakes with the same brake system as the McLaren Senna. So it's oh like my. a $40,000 brake system. And they're amazing, don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're carbon ceramics. It's a Brembo CCMR. But, um, you know, on the race car, they're just they have more bite and more uh, feel in the pedal. Mm-hmm. Um, pedal feels different. The race car has a functioning roof scoop with an air box. The street car just has like a roof scoop look that just kind of brings air into the engine bay. It doesn't have like an air box. Uh, the wing's a little bit bigger on the race car and then the STO, the street car. Um, just aero and obviously the interior, we have a whole steering wheel in the street car, like a normal steering wheel. And the race car has like a kind of like the... Uh, it's like a Tesla plaid steering wheel, I guess, is the best oh, thing okay, I see what you mean. that most yeah. people know. Yeah, so the steering wheel, like, what, so I see you have buttons on it. What, like, what do the buttons do? Like, what is the different commands on them? Yeah, so um, we have the radio button. We have a flash button to flash the lights. Radio, not for uh, Sirius XM, but for uh, talking to <laughs> our 
like crew chief and engineer, we have a button to put the car in neutral. Uh, so you would grab the neutral button and then downshift and it puts it into neutral for the pit stop. We have the pit limiter button, which obviously we set the pit speed so that we don't get a violation. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. There's an alarm button. So let's just say the car comes up and says uh, gearbox failure, which obviously is not usually an issue. It's just a plain example. You can click the alarm button and it clears the code so you can continue to drive. Hmm. Uh, there's the page button. So you have a screen in front of you, obviously, with all your vital temperatures and everything. And you can change that page to see like memory and, and kilometers on the engine. Uh, there's a reverse button. Believe it or not, we do have reverse. It's not, <laughs> it's not good to use on the car. It, it, it's pretty painful. Like the gear grinds. and Really? It. Yeah, it's not meant for, but it's there oh. in case you need it. Uh, luckily, I didn't need it. Um, and then we have a wiper button uh, to obviously put on the wiper in case it's raining. And then we just have ABS adjustments and traction control adjustments. Uh, so you can adjust accordingly depending on how you like to drive. Uh, depending on your driving style, that changes in the weather and the track temp and the mm. grip and everything. So while you're racing, do you actually change those buttons or no? Or is that like kind of a, how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, throughout the race, the track changes, the tires are changing, the brakes are changing, obviously. So you know, you adjust the ABS accordingly to your, your feel and your personal preference and same with the traction control. It's more of a driving style. Some people like a looser car, so they run lower traction. So the car uh, can move around a bit more where I, I uh, have my own style. So I set it up for uh, myself, but you know, obviously, yes, we do change throughout the race just to make sure we're hundred percent comfortable because comfort in the car is uh, probably the most important thing to make sure that you can perform well. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And staying on that, like comfort you've, so like if I was in a car like that and I was driving around a track, uh, racing against other people, I would obviously be nervous. Right. So how, when did the nerves go away for you? Is it like before the race, do you have something you do or is there like a routine? Like how do you, or do you even have nerves during the race? Like, how does that work? Uh, for me, it's always been a little different. I really don't have nerves before the race. I'm like anxious. If that makes yeah. sense, I just kind yeah, yeah, of want to get in course. the car. Uh, I hate the waiting. We we sit like in 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 front of the car for like forty minutes, and then we like Damn. get strapped in, and like the anxiousness builds a bit while you're just sitting there in the car strapped in, and then right as like we start driving, like everything goes away. I don't mm -hmm. really care. I know that um, my team gives me a good car, and I have everything beneath me to win a race. So it's up to me at that point. So I don't put any pressure on myself yet. I just try to focus and do what I need to do to win. Of course. Yeah. And you just try and perform. So you really don't have any nerves. So you just, you're just more, it's more the waiting part. You just kind of anxious. Yeah. I don't really have nerves. I don't know. I never have. I don't know. I, a lot of people do, but for me, it's just the waiting part that sucks. It's not because like I'm scared or nervous. It's just because I just want to get going. It's so fun. Like the adrenaline, like you're looking forward to the adrenaline. So it makes you anxious because you want the adrenaline. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. That's crazy. And whenever you're actually driving, there's a lot of people so g-force right so a lot of people can't handle that type of stuff so i'm sure you get g-force whenever you're driving um how does that work how does it feel and stuff like that um i'll tell you when i went to Watkins Glen, if you know the first sector there's the uphill s's where you're probably hitting two to two and a half g's that was my first time hitting like huge g-forces right, like right. i mean i raced formula cars where it was similar but in a huge heavy gt car you don't expect the grip that is uh 
behind you going up those S's. And that was a pretty surreal moment for me. Like my face like almost melted, like peeled back. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I've, again, I've never been really affected by that. I think uh, growing up, I've always been in fast cars. So I think my perception to G-forces is kind of uh, like jaded. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the G's don't really affect me. They're fun. I'll tell you that. They don't make me nauseous. I really enjoy them. It's like oh, really? being on a like 160 mile an hour roller coaster but strapped into like a death rocket with a loud V10 behind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, it's, it's like, what does it feel like? Cause I mean, that's kind of weird to, for you to define it, but what does it feel like? Um, honestly, I don't know if I can compare it to anything, I guess. Really? Into like on a roller coaster and gone upside down and whipped around, I guess you could compare it to that, but it's a lot different when you're in control and you're basing basically your life on every hand movement and pedal movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it. So I'm not sure really, like when I'm in the car, it's extremely hot inside the car. I mean, at VIR, it was probably 130 degrees inside the cockpit, but you're so focused. You don't even, you know, realize it. So I think it's the same thing with the G forces. I mean, you don't realize it because you're so focused on just what's in front of you and the people around you, because obviously everybody's fighting for the same goal. So they're going to push hard. You're pushing hard. So you're kind of just focused on uh, that. So for me, the G-forces, I guess you could describe it like a roller coaster. But at the end of the day, I don't have anything better to describe it unless you've been in like a Tesla Plaid and you just floor it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wow, that's crazy, though. That's that's absolutely mental. And like whenever you're whenever you're driving, obviously, um, you're always looking for the apex, right? And looking for a perfect turn. Are there any times like where you're trying to save your tires, save fuel, but you said you didn't really need to save fuel? Like, is there a strategy behind having slower lap times sometimes? Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, all the it's no secret. I mean, in these races, you try to have the best car underneath you in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the race. So if you can conserve the tires throughout to make it to the last 10 to 15 um, and have a faster car than somebody else, your competitors and people around you, then, I mean, that's the way to go. So, yeah, I mean, always, uh, you always got to look after tires. I mean, it's no secret in racing formula one, you hear tire, save tire management, mm-hmm. same in GT three endurance races, stuff like that. So, yep. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's very, well, that's what I've, that's where I've really gotten it from was F1, how important, you know, I mean, even the last race of the season, that's, how, what did you think of that? How do you think the ending? If anyone doesn't know basically what happened, um, the driver who was, they were tied in points in the last race of the season uh, to these drivers. And one of them, uh, there was the last lap of the race to decide with the safety car that all the back markers could overtake. Uh, basically, one of the guys won, but it didn't seem really fair. Like, what, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, look, this is racing, right? I mean, it's not always fair. I've never been in a race where, uh, you know, I've had such uh maybe like such a unfair looking move. So I can't speak on it like that, but I can tell you it's racing. The FIA is there to make money. The sponsors are there to make money and the FIA gave people a show. And at the end of the day, if the season under, if the season ended under safety car and Lewis won or whoever won, if it ended under safety car, okay. Okay. The season ended under safety car, whatever. It's boring. Right. But Mm -hmm. now there's a story to tell behind it. The season ended with a one lap shootout. Verstappen was on pressure tires and he won the race and that's it. And I think uh, at the end of the day, I've never seen more Instagram and tweets and, and, and posts and articles ever about F1. Yeah, so I think true. that on FIA's move, they're a business. They're trying to make money. And I think they did a smart move to benefit themselves. Was it fair? I can't speak on it. I don't have any of the facts in front of me and I don't want to mm-hmm. say something to offend anybody or make anybody mad. 
But I can tell you that, I mean, it's, it's racing. This is racing. Like like Massey said on the radio, we went to car racing to Toto. I mean, they went to car racing. And and the and the team with the better strategy, uh, which was Red Bull, because they pit for softs, uh, that's how it worked. So I guess, uh, look, as I said again, I'm a huge fan of Verstappen and the younger talent and stuff. So for me, I was rooting for Verstappen all season. And I think that some of the things that Lewis did – uh, even in that race, but all year, but even in that race uh, specifically, like in that first lap, he just cut that whole uh, corner. And yeah, yeah. Advantage, and somehow the FIA said that he gave it back. I never saw, I never saw him give it back. But mm-hmm. you know that that to me, I mean, look, if you want to be unfair all year, and then it comes down to one lap, and and they make a quote unquote unfair move, then listen, you've got the advantage all year. He got the advantage for one lap of the season, so. At the end of the day, I think it was it was insane. Like that that final race, I, I was on it was on my toes the entire time. Like I couldn't. It was so hard for me to watch. Um, but hey, like Max is a young driver. I'm super happy he won it. You know, it's it's great to see him win it. But yeah, it was it was crazy. The entire season was absolutely mental. Like you know, um, every race was insane. Silverstone with uh, Max's huge crash. Like there was some absolutely insane stuff. So it's, I mean, it's a great way to end the season with a. I think, and I understand, like you said, it's like a business, right? Um, that's always what it's been like. I feel like. Yeah, I think it was a smart business move. If you want to be, on- if I'm going to be honest, and uh, mm-hmm. like I said, it attracted new fans, a new crowd, and that's more money for the FIA. And at the end of the day, it's a high budget season, and the FIA needs to make money, and so do the teams. So there mm-hmm. you go. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. Uh, whether people agree or not is their opinion. This is my opinion with sort of facts. Being a driver, I see how this works inside. Many people see the outside of racing and think, oh, you just hop in a car and drive. <laughs> if it was that easy, I promise you many people would do it. It's not that simple. So yeah, uh, that's just a little insight. But I mean, like I said, either way, Lewis is a great driver. Max is a great driver. I think they even both said it uh, themselves. They were both pushing each other all season. And I think it's the best season they've both ever driven. I mean, Lewis at some point was down quite a few points and he came back. So mm-hmm. good for him. He showed that he's a fighter and he doesn't give up. But, you know, I guess it came down to the last lap and the team, like I said, with the best strategy, the best uh, the best strategy won. So that's it. Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree. And yeah, and staying on that, like what does it take to become a racing driver or to be a racing driver? Like mentally, what does it take? Because it's definitely not easy. Like you said, nobody, it, if everyone could do it, you know, like it's it's not an easy thing. Yeah, I think it takes a, a lot of sacrifices, um, a lot of dedication, a lot of focus. And um, yeah, so I'll touch on each one. Sacrifices, uh, you know, I'm 17 and while, while I don't live a normal kid life anymore because of racing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing friends is not always on the agenda. It's more spending time on the simulator and proving myself and uh, yeah, sacrifices like that, uh, school, uh, school is, uh, is not easy. So I'm actually online school, full online school. Thank you to my school there. I'm one of, it's an in-person school, but I'm like one of like a few students that they allow to stay online so that I can travel. Yeah. So while that I was racing sense. in Italy, I missed a full week of school and no issue. Uh, they sent me all my work and I got it done and it was amazing. Uh, focus, uh, so much focus. I mean, you really don't have time in, in, in the middle of the season to mess around uh, just in any way. It's just you got to focus on the task. I mean, all year we were back and forth fighting for the AM title, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so I just had the goal. I wrote it down on a board in the beginning of the year that said uh, 
I'll win the 2021 championship. I'm a huge fan oh, of writing sweet. down my goals, whether it's real or not. I believe it kind of helps and works. So, um, yeah, I wrote that down and just focused on that all year. I mean, we had a couple issues. Uh, I code on race two. I was leading the whole race, and I had a, a mechanical failure on the car that took me out. Uh, nobody's fault. It was just a part that decided to break mid-race. Literally, it was a, just a fluke. It never happens, and it just happened. But uh, I took it on the chin. And then we moved on to VIR and um, under safety car, actually, out of all the circumstances, someone slammed into the back of my car and um, actually popped the rear tire because the bumper shredded (sighs) into the rear tire um, and then shredded the rear tire. So that was two DNFs in a row. And at that point, we were down in the championship. And again, I just took it on the chin. I even like posted on my Instagram. I'm like, you just got to take it on the chin and move on. Like, I'm not Mm going to give up. Like usually in super trophy after one dnf like your chances of winning the championship are gone i was told really? that i was told that in the beginning of the year like if you get a dnf like it's going to be hard but i always just kept focused and like i came home from vir after uh coda and then vir i, I actually won the next race at vir race two so again the thing about focus comes into play. You know, you, you got to put that in the past and immediately focus on the new task. I qualified on pole and I knew that uh, starting in a good position, I, I could win the race and I focused the whole race and I won. And um, that's the thing, you know, I just focused on my main task, which was to win the championship. You know, the 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 races are not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a championship. Uh, you know, I didn't win every single race uh, in the beginning of the year. I had to get up the pace and learn the car. I did a lot of testing, but not uh, with 30 other cars on track, you know. So I came mm-hmm. second and then I started coming first uh, every single weekend after that, uh, after my, my few DNFs. And I had success in Road America, Laguna Seca. And then when we moved on to Italy and um, I won the championship in Italy uh, with one race to go, actually. So I didn't even have to do one race and I would still win the championship. Obviously I did. And uh, yeah, so won the championship in Italy and uh, had an amazing year. And again, like I said, and I know it sounds like a broken record, but yeah, just focusing on on the main task. My main task was not to win every race. I never once wrote down or said to myself, I'm going to win every race this year. Is it a plus if I did? Absolutely. But I didn't need to. I just knew that I needed the points to win in the end. And that's what I did. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's crazy. That's so cool. Wow. That's like insane. And especially whenever you said you got rear ended in your tire pop, like that is an under safety car too. That's so unlucky. That's, that's insane. Like, yeah, we were about to re we actually were about to go green and the leader like went and then stopped and it was a whole domino effect. I wasn't the only car that was crashed into, but I was, I was one of the victims, but that's all right. Cause you know, I won the next race and left the weekend with my head held high. Yeah, of course. Have you been on any like serious crashes or incidents? No, thankfully, actually, throughout my whole career of racing, which is uh, counts as a four karting and excuse me now super trofeo, uh, I've right. never had a spin or an accident. So I'm 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 doing good. You know, I think like I said again, focus. Just hit your marks, hit your apexes, your breaking points, and just be cautious of everything around you. And it's really you know, it's not an easy car to drive and it, it takes the life out of you to drive it. But if you're always at your 100, you're going to be able to keep the car straight the whole race. And that's what I did all season. So it was honestly insane. I mean, I was always told when I first started racing, your first season's going to suck. You're going to suck. You're not going to like, you know, your car, whatever. 
I never felt any of that again. <laughs> that's a huge, huge thanks to my team, Dream Racing. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they just made me the most comfortable in the car ever. Like I said, we did a testing program before the season. Um, just everything. I mean, he, like little things like the seating position in the car, like we perfected to where I was comfortable all the time like extra pads in the seats where I wanted, not because I wanted to be comfortable, but just to like give some support going into corners and stuff. So just little things like that, just mentally is like huge because it, it just, if you're comfortable in the car and you're comfortable with the car, you're going to be fast. It's guaranteed as long as you have the skill, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, that's it, right? It's just, if you're, if you're quick in the car, I mean, that's like, it shows with every sport, right? If you're if you're the quick, then you're you're gonna be the best, right? In any motorsport, right? So it's yeah. like confidence is key, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the big thing is just building confidence and seat time. Seat time builds confidence. Confidence builds a winning driver. So. Mm-hmm. And how has this impacted your life? Like, like you said, school-wise, you have to do online now because you're traveling so much. And like, what do other people think of you now? Like, how is this? How has this grown on you? And how has it impacted you? Um. Well, I mean, to be honest, at su- such a young age, like. I go places and people like are like, oh, I've seen you before. And it's like cool, you know. I'm yeah, not huge on the attention. I mess around on like social media sometimes, like TikTok, make funny videos with the Lambos <laughs> yep. and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, those are jokes and stuff like that. So um, I guess it's affecting me. Obviously, I don't go to in-person school, so I guess the social life has changed a bit. But I don't really care about that because at my age for um, for some reason, I've always chosen to be just more mature, do my own thing. I actually enjoy like working. Um, I work at Homestead Driving Club, which is a track uh, track day club in, in Homestead that I uh, partnered with a former IndyCar driver, Gustavo Jakobin. So I work there twice a mm-hmm. month and I coach people. I was actually there yesterday. And so some, some guy just handed me his uh, race car and was like, do some laps for me to give me a good baseline. So really? yeah, I, don't really, I don't really care about the social part. Most kids my age don't think the way I do, don't act the way I do. And I don't like right. to be around, uh, uh, let's just say, not so smart human beings. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's annoying. So I kind of do my own thing anyways. Uh, most of my friends are older. And, uh, you know, I hang out with a lot of my dad's friends who also have nice cars. And, <laughs> I mean, even sometimes I just go out to lunch with them without my dad. And just we all go in our nice cars and have a good time. So social life, it's impacted me. I mean, people coming up to me and, like, recognizing me a little weird. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I appreciate it. But it's I'm not used to it. And. I don't know, for, for, I guess in some way it gives me a purpose. Like when I, I wake up every day, I try to better myself as a person. Um, and then I work on the sim when I'm not in the car to better myself as a driver. And it gives me a goal and motivation each day. And obviously without this, I was still the same human being. I'm still the same person. I just have a unique opportunity and a really, really cool uh, job to always focus on. Um, also in my free time, I enjoy trading uh, like, crypto and stuff like that so oh wow it uh i guess because racing is such a it's such a business where you need to always market yourself i've learned a lot of skills that school won't even teach you like getting Mm. sponsors and marketing yourself and and selling merch and stuff like that it's taught me a lot honestly that things that if i didn't race i probably would have learned down the road but it would have taken three times as long i kind of just hopped into racing and and was looking for sponsors and in F4, I mean, I had sponsorships when I had no results really oh, wow. to my name. And I was 15, 14, 15 at the time when I was in F4. So it taught me a lot of good life skills. And um, for that, I'm very thankful as well. And obviously, working with a huge corporation like Lamborghini, you have to conduct yourself in such a way where 
they are um, open to supporting you and, and want you to represent them. So I'm honored to be one of their factory young drivers listed on their website. Mm-hmm. And um, that's huge for me as well. I mean, to think that my name is on Lamborghini's website is something that uh, I think many kids would dream of. And for me to be there is like huge for me. I mean, when that when my name popped up there, uh, that was probably one of the best moments of my life. And I go there like every day to like make sure it's still there. Type <laughs> yeah. Of you know, like when someone gets their first exotic car, they go to like the garage in the middle of the night to make sure it's still there and make sure they're yep. not dreaming. Like that's what I do. And I'm, I'm super thankful for Lamborghini factory as well for helping me and Lamborghini Broward uh, is my dealer sponsor who's helped me a lot through my first season uh, with Lamborghini. They covered uh, a lot of costs and expenses and um, I have a sponsor, Recon Lighting, who's helped me since the start. They do automotive lighting and um, Horace Straps, who does watch straps. Um, I have Homestead Driving Club, who I work for. Um, and uh, my new sponsorship that I just announced was Savage Garage, which is really, really cool. Um, That's so sick. A pretty big YouTuber, Instagram and TikTok and everything. And um, I also got, uh, which hits home for me, is a sponsorship called Tommy King, which is a die cast like a uh, model car company. And like they sell Hot Wheels and everything like that. Oh, and wow. they customize Hot Wheels. So I've always like with my friends, uh, my friend Philip, uh, we always go to like Walmarts at midnight and go Hot Wheels hunting and try to find uh, cool Hot Wheels and we all have collections. <laughs> so for me, that one hit home. That was cool. And I'm super thankful for just everybody who's helped me really. So yeah. Yeah. Having all the sponsorship, that's so cool. Like being sponsored, let me just say, I have so much respect for you and being at such a young age and being so mature and successful, um, it, it's seriously extremely inspiring. And where do you see yourself going from this point on? Because you're already at such a high level, like where what's the next step uh my goal is to stay with lamborghini for forever if possible or as long mm-hmm. as they uh think that i'm performing well so right now i'm a factory young driver driving super trofeo my goal is to be a gt3 factory full paid driver mm-hmm. so they do uh they race around the world imsa weather tech for example uh, 24 hours daytona 12 hours of sebring races like those like i really really want to get into endurance and the gt3 car gt3 cars a little more well balanced more aero less power but wider tires and they're actually faster than the super trofeo the super trofeo car is 640 horsepower where the lambo gt3 has 500 so um even with that lack of power lack thereof uh, obviously 500 horsepower is a lot uh, the car is still extremely fast so that's my goal is to be uh Lamborghini uh, factory driver. That's my main goal. You know, I, like I said in the beginning, I wanted to go an Indy car, but switching past to GT cars was the best move I've probably ever made. And like I said, Lamborghini supported me since the start. So, you know, I'm one of their uh, fast American drivers and uh, their biggest market, uh, su- uh, surprisingly, is in America. Actually, Lamborghini Broward was the number one uh, dealer for sales uh, the past year or so. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I think it's a good marketing item for them, a fast young American driver. And um, yeah, so I just want to move on with them. That's my goal. Yep. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, saying that you're that you drive for Lamborghini, like how cool is that? Come on, that's that's so cool. And especially having that as a career, like people, it's ins- it's so insane to me that you do that. Like I still can't comprehend I'm talking to you right now and you do that. Like it's insane. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, like I said before, it's a lot of help. It's a lot of time, a lot of dedication and mm-hmm, a lot of work. Sure. But for me, I was willing to do it. And I'm glad that Lamborghini was willing to help me as well as all my sponsors around me to make it possible. And yeah, obviously, it's not normal. You can't just find a 17 year old every day that drives for Lamborghini. But, you know, it's uh, I think age to, to me is just a number. Age is just I was born 17 years ago. But if you have the mindset of a 40 year old, then uh, your age is literally just uh, the only thing age can do at this young of an age is really help you. I mean, being so young and in a unique opportunity and being uh, somewhat of a fast driver, um, all it can do is is help in marketing and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, even if I'm 30, still driving Lamborghini, as long as you're fast, you're you're going to be That's driving it. for them. They just mm-hmm. want fast drivers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I can see great success coming for you. But before we wrap everything up. I want to ask about your Lamborghini, um, the Lamborghini that you actually own. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so I have a Lamborghini Huracan STO. Um, it is, uh, I don't know how it's street legal, I'll be honest. <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty similar to the race car like we discussed earlier, but yeah. um, my God, it's just probably, I've driven a lot of cars. Uh, it's it's my favorite car I've ever driven. It's probably one of the most insane street cars uh, ever, so yeah, it's wow. it's Verde Aries and it has a lot of colors on it. I like making my cars different. You'll definitely never see one like mine. So it's Verde Aries, which is a, it's like a bright green and it has blue stickers on it. Excuse me from the factory and then like the bumpers, the front bumper and rear bumpers painted orange as long as like as well as the wing like uh, winglets on the side of the wing. So. I like making my cars different, a bit controversial, but at the end of the day, I spec my cars the way I like always, and that's that's what I like. And it's it's like basically a race car. So uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you've ever seen a plain race car, it's quite boring to look at. So I guess uh, same thing with this. It's basically a race car. So let's make it bright like a race car. So that's what I <laughs> yep. did. Hey, I have never seen the spec you have on it. It's absolutely beautiful. Like I, and I also saw it spit flames too, right? Yeah, so Lambo does an amazing job with making stock uh, stock cars that spit flames. So just driving normally, the car heats up, and if you hit the gas, uh, <laughs> it spits probably three foot flames out the back. Oh my flames. gosh, That's the car is insane. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and in the, the arrow over like one hundred thirty mile an hour, you just start to hear the wind like howl over the car. It's 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 just there's nothing like it. Honestly, there's yeah. literally. Nothing I've ever driven compares. So, yeah, that car is incredible. It's uh, it's in the garage right now. It spends most of its time there, and then it goes to the track, and then I drive on the road. I've mm-hmm. had it for like six months. It has like it's about to hit twelve hundred miles. So, okay, uh, nice. I don't drive it much, but you know, it's not meant to be driven uh, daily because uh, it's quite stiff. It's literally a race car. So, <laughs> yeah, it spends most most of its time in the garage during the week, and then the weekend we have some fun. Yeah, that's sweet. That's so cool. Yeah, and I saw you were, um, I think it was yesterday or the other day, you were at uh, an event and you got you caught a lot of eyes. I could just see that. It's, it's mental. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. It's, it's fun. I, uh, I always like to make people's day with my cars. You know, I used to be younger and um, go to car shows and ask people to sit in their cars and they were always nice enough to let me do it. So if I can return the favor... Uh, I let people sit in the car. I don't care. You know, the car's meant to be sat in. You're, if mm-hmm. if you mess it up, uh, it's not a great situation. But at the end of the day, if I, if I made your day, then that's good. You know, and when I leave the car show, do a little slide, and the people go crazy yep. and, and get excited. Yep. That's it. You know, if I put a smile on someone's face, put a smile on my face, and 
you know, um, yeah, I, mean, I like uh, I like returning uh, all the help that I've gotten to get me where I'm at. So um, if I can do that, absolutely. Yeah, it's so funny to me to think that like all these people at the car show watching and looking, and then they see a 17 year old in this like hyper. I mean, it's not a hyper car, but it should be a hyper car. Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's insane. So it's like that's crazy to think that 17 year olds driving that. It's so cool. It's it's yeah. I can't even wrap my head around that. Definitely get some weird looks. I'll tell you. you pull up sometimes, and people are like, "My windows are tinted quite dark because uh, you know, I just like privacy." Yeah, of course. Of so you pull up, and then uh, they can't see, and then you open the door, and they just like stare at you, and they're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> no you know? way, actually. Yeah, I got a lot That's of people like ask me what I do for a living. <laughs> they expect me to say like, "Oh, I'm like a, I I trade stocks or something like a forex trader." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. One of my yeah, no. friends, uh, Matthews, is uh, he's 18. He bought himself a Huracan STO as well Ooh. and uh, has an Audi R8. And uh, oh he pays for it himself and he works hard. And like I said, I mean, I think the whole thing that I spoke about earlier about sacrifices, he did the same thing. You know, he, mm. he doesn't go to college. His dad uh, gave him uh, some money uh, from his college fund and he made himself an empire and he's super successful and has nice wow. So. Yeah, I mean, we both uh, we always have matching cars. Uh, the STO <laughs> and the R8. I also have an Audi R8. Uh, really? Yes, sir. So oh we God. always have matching cars. Me and him. Uh, I actually brought him to Lamborghini, had a McLaren, and I told him, "Dude, what are you doing?" And uh, he got a Huracan Evo, and I had a Huracan Evo. And since then, I think we've pretty much had matching cars for the past two years. We always have at least one of the same car, and. Uh, I can relate to him. He can relate to me because we both are young and, and, and doing what we feel is um, good for for us. And um, we work hard to just reach our goals uh, the same way he trades stocks. I'm always uh, trying to develop myself as a driver and as a person. And uh, yeah, so yeah, wow. that's it. That is insane. I can't believe you guys. That's I don't even know what to say. At such a young age, that Wow. So much respect. That's crazy. I did not know you also owned an R8 too. That's, that's. Yeah, that's I got it like three days ago. So I actually oh, really? just got it back. It was getting a uh, pain protection film. But yeah, I just got that as well, which is fun. I'm very biased towards the V10 mid-engine platform. An amazing platform. Lamborghini and Audi obviously are brother-sister companies. And mm-hmm. uh, they they just make an amazing engine, amazing driving car. So, uh, mm-hmm. And I put my friend Matt down on the, on the uh, V10 wave as well. And uh, I think we've had, like I said, in all the same matching cars since. And yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Like I, I can't even explain how cool that is. That's I don't even know what to say. That's so cool. That's inspiring. Like it makes me want to do something and like make money to be able to own some of that stuff. That's that's crazy. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, once you get a little bit of money, and uh, you should definitely get a Lamborghini. That's for oh sure. for sure. For, hey, that's. I took, I took my friend for a drive last night in the uh, STO, and uh, he started like laughing the whole time. And then he posted something on Snapchat after. He's like, "This is the best car I've ever made." And honestly, like I said, I've driven a lot. I've driven a Bugatti Chiron. Like, I mean, oh really? Insane cars, and it's just there's nothing like a Huracan STO. Just the sound and the and the feel and the steering and in the the throttle response and the brakes. There's just nothing like it. It's the coolest thing ever. I. It's that's so cool. But before we go, um, I always end off my episodes asking for one piece of advice for a teenager getting into this industry, like wanting to become a race car driver. They could be any age. I mean, 
yeah, whatever. Any um any advice? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, never give up. It's not easy. Uh, obviously, when I got two DNFs in a row, um, you know, uh, it takes a lot out of you. You question like. Uh, why am I doing this sometimes, but never give up. I mean, there's, there's highs and lows of everything in racing. There's, uh, the lows are very low and the highs are really high because if you think about it, the lows are you lose a race or you get a DNF or the highs you win. There's nothing really in between. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're always fighting for the win. Second place doesn't feel nice. I'll be honest, but if you can get it to get the points, then that's it. So yeah, never give up. And like I said, keep focused, write down your goals, writing down my goals. I always have since I started racing and uh 99% of the time they come true. So, uh, yeah, focus, write down your goals and, uh, just never give up. Yeah. I just, there's nothing like fighting for something that you really want. So that's what I did. I really wanted to win this year's championship, this past year's championship. I'm sorry, the 2021 mm -hmm. championship. And ultimately, that's what I did. So, yeah, just never give up. Trust the people around you. Trust your team. Put a lot of faith in your team. These guys, you know, they're working for you and they, they want to they give you the best car. And, uh, yeah, trust the people around you. Never give up. That's it. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously. Um, I, I can't even thank you enough. It's, it's insane. This, the stuff that you do and the fact that you're a race car driver, it's insane. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, make sure to go check out Luke. All of his links will be in the description below. Um, is there anything else you want to say? No, just thank you for the opportunity. I, uh, I appreciate it. Obviously I want to help you out as well. And you help me out by putting my name out there. Maybe I'll get a sponsor off of this. So hey, you never that's know. it. Hopefully that's, that's the plan, right? So yeah, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, that's a wrap.